When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Blake Templeton. Blake, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, my joy, man. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from? Absolutely. From Texas, started a real estate investment firm in 06 and certain single families, manufactured homes, wedding venue. Uh, fast forward, the big question we had was, man, how do you scale? How do you scale? How do you scale? How do you limit liability, limit risk? Um, how do you scale the upside? And we found that uh, over the last 16 years, more recently in two hedge funds. And one is single fan, I'm assuming it's uh, self-storage and mobile home parks. So self-storage mobile home park scaling in a hedge fund, which is quite different than a syndication, and mm. then scaling a hedge fund of cryptocurrency. So it's like an active index, and uh, which is quite different from uh, someone going on a Robinhood app or buying Bitcoin directly in cold storage or something. So uh, these two is what we do. And uh, man, this is where the market's trending. Nice. Yeah, very interesting topics that we will dive into in depth today. Uh, but first, like, what got you into real estate in the beginning? You mentioned you've been in it since 06. You know, what was that first exposure to the power of real estate? Yeah, so I'm the college dropout without a pen to your name. Uh, I started, I knew I wanted to own my own business. I knew I wanted to uh, create my own world. Back then, it was like, you know, buy the island and, you know, move there and forget everyone else. And but then I didn't know you couldn't you know, defer student loans anymore. So I had to humbly move back in with mommy and daddy. And um, my parents got a letter in the mail to go to a real estate conference. And I was like, I'll go, you know, and I knew nothing about nothing about nothing except going to the conference. I realized I knew numbers like I was optics and metrics driven. I was statistically driven so I could do the formulas. And so the A plus B equals C and we started in single family. I, I essentially took two grand out of savings from mowing lawns in high school, you know, and <laughs> put that into a course and then started paying for speed. Over the next decade, I spent, you know, over a million dollars for high level masterminds and one-on-one -on -one training. And 
um, just rode the carpet of mentors, collapsing time, paying for speed, and realized that that was the fastest, the most lucrative way to get ahead was absolutely in real estate in the beginning. Yeah, that's very interesting. And like you said, collapsing time by paying for mentors to help get you there faster. And Tony Robbins talks about condensing decades into days. If you can pay someone to give you some insights and learnings that took them decades to learn in their field, and you can learn it in just a couple of days through a seminar, you know, isn't that valuable, right? There's just the concept of just paying for that and accelerating your results. So yeah, I'm on the same train. Glad to hear I'm talking to a like-minded individual and yeah, really interested in through those dec- that 10 years of accelerating your results and learning everything that you learned through those mentors and spending over a million dollars on personal development, what's the single most important action you take every day that has attributed most to your success? The most important action would be doing visualizations of the future as if it's happening in present time and then I control the reality. So think like, like VR, virtual reality glasses, um, you're putting in a storyline of what you're going to do, and then you actually do it how in like childlike faith, how you would see yourself doing it, and you'd feel all the emotions and like the adrenaline and a dopamine for the happy chemical and the serotonin for status and the oxytocin for love and connection and like whatever it is, like feeling it, knowing it, seeing it before it actually happens. And it is unreal how much your subconscious, like your unknown self, you're naturally buying into marketing or advertising or negative thoughts or positive thoughts. And so the natural condition of man is to fall asleep and become a machine. Like they, we become um, driven by the negative voice and we buy into it and it derails us, even if it wasn't even true. And so doing these um, visualizations. I just turn on music and create this storyline. And, um, but yeah, that is absolutely. And you start talking about Tony Robbins. Um, I'm in his platinum partnership and it's hmm. his, you know, his private mastermind. And one thing he was sharing was um, that this is like, uh, he shared this like uh, 2015, I think, but it was this picture that neurobiologically you have this rut that you've created, maybe it's a bad rule or a disempowering belief, and you've got to reprogram that. And one of those methods is empowering statements or visualizations, but you've got to actually create a new rut. So it's got to be consistently with repetition, and you've got to actually buy into it with larger and larger emotion until it becomes a louder voice than the sure. previous thought line. So uh, visualization. Is the mother of skill. Yes, absolutely it is. Repetition. Yeah, visualization. Yeah, I like that. I like that the the concept of visualizing your your future in the present moment and then experiencing the emotion and that coupled with the repetition I think is the key. The fallacy there is oh, I'm going to watch the law of attraction one time or the secret, I guess, um uh, and then I'm going to sit and just really feel it and, and wish and hope and, and get the emotions going, take zero action, never do it again. And that thing is supposed to happen. Yeah. It's, <laughs> interesting. It works. it's an interesting <laughs> thought line. And then one could even have a derogatory thought toward, or this is too simple. Give me something to actually give me a, give me a new thing, a hot, a hot topic or hot trendy thought or mm-hmm. but the realization is it's the repetition 
And it's the, what we're trying to do is we're trying to control our emotions versus letting circumstances to control our emotions. So I'm trying to condition my thoughts and my emotions to do what the end target is to take steps toward the end target. Whereas my circumstances are clearly against me because Mm. what got me here won't get me there or I'd already be there. So clearly I have current circumstances that are keeping me from doing what I want, becoming who I want to become, investing, having a certain amount of net worth, but I've got to recondition my thoughts and emotions to not follow what my circumstances would say. And so yeah, the basics are where the the millions and the billions are made. I mean, the basics of consistent repetition out loud with emotion. That's what it's all about. And it's the it's that in the alone closet or the I do it in my dry sauna. So every single nice. day I get in the dry sauna and um, I, I, I had to build a gym at my house because that was my way of saying, look, you could always do 15 minutes instead of taking 15 minutes to get to the gym. You could at least do 15. And then obviously it makes it so much easier once you're there. And right. then I bought a dry sauna kit. I think it's like uh, maybe seven and a half feet by five feet, maybe eight feet by five feet, put it together. Boom. It is, it's infrared sauna. And so I do it in there. So it's net time and it's putting me in a state of like, I'm like, I'm chill. I'm in, I'm just, I'm, I feel calm. Um, but I'm sweating, I'm speeding up my metabolism while I'm burning fat. And then I turn on the music and, you know, do my thing. So, man, that's how you actually get ahead. Everyone wants the next best thing. The, they want to make the, the strategic outside move, but it's the inside that actually fortifies and creates capacity. And I guess another, another note, it's kind of a little, off, a little off, off topic, but if you, anyone wants something bigger in life, like you've got to have capacity within you to be able to do it. That's why when someone wins the lottery, the average person that wins the lottery within two to five years, doesn't have any of the money left. Like, what did you do? You didn't have capacity to have it. So they just got rid of it as fast as they could subconsciously. So you right. just got to have capacity, whether it's money or it's purpose or it's drive or it's family, you got to have capacity internally to be able to sustain the success of it. Right. No, that is one of the most powerful examples that I heard long ago, the lottery example where most give it back subconsciously over the next two to five years because they haven't achieved the internal level of mastery to be able to manage that amount of money and to be able to get it to work for them and to be able to set it up and structure it to where then they can do everything that they want for in perpetuity and also give back. Like they just don't have those skills because they didn't work internally. So I I really appreciate you saying that and definitely a great reminder to a lot of my listeners or maybe something that they're hearing for the first time. So I appreciate it. Now, when we're talking about the future of real estate, you are doing some interesting things and I am very curious about your five to 10 year projections, where you see things going and how you're setting yourself up for future success. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So the most important thing to process is where our inflation rate is. So CPI would be what the government would say. This is the basket of goods that creates, you know, the inflation rate. But, you know, they've gone from 2% in past years, which was never 2%, to now saying, ah, you know, it could be five or six, seven, maybe 7%. But the the reality is CPI, the basket of goods that it measures 
is not realistic for what you and I actually do every day. And so the truth is inflation rates closer to 15%. And the Fed site has a tab that's called the M1 money supply. And the chart that the Fed is showing is how much inflation is based on how much money has been pumped into the market. It's obviously just control P. It's just printing of the money electronically. And 35.7% of all monies printed into circulation after we got off the gold standard in 1971. So 35.7% has been printed in the last 24 months. Mm -hmm. So since 1971... 35.7% of all the money was done in the last 24 months. And if you look at the chart, it looks like literally 2008 was like a, like a freckle on the radar. I mean, like a, just a little speed bump on the radar. Once you hit 2020, it goes catabolic and it still hasn't stopped in 2022. So my point is, is it's inflation. You've got to beat inflation. So this five to 10 year picture, well, if inflation right now is 15%, that's almost one and a half percent a month is inflation. So your investments have to beat 15% just to actually sustain the current value. That's not even to make any money. Understanding that you're going to have to like, you can't now use your money, your interest as profits or to go spend because that has to just sustain your actual value. So when we understand that, you've got to be making, there's only two places you can do above 15% consistently. And one I would say is um, self-storage and mobile home parks. So there's not even all real estate is equal, right? So there's a good portion of real estate, 12%, 10%, somewhere in that ballpark on rentals is decent. Um, But I would say you don't just need to outpace inflation. You've got to actually outpace it by a large margin because inflation is going to continue going up. Raising of interest rates or lowering of interest rates, that's all printing money and interest rates are the only two bullets or levers that the Fed has. And unfortunately, they're just not powerful enough to help this thing. So it's going to continue going up. And we're in a bad position. They're, they're in a really hard position. So big picture, inflation is going to continue going up faster and faster. And we've seen this historically in you know multiple other countries. So where I see um, they're trying to you know keep the inflation of real estate down because that starts a whole new cycle because you got to be able to buy a higher mortgages, then you got to get higher rents and you can't get higher rents because the people aren't making enough salary. That starts a whole new problem. So the five to 10 year picture where the majority of your money really needs to be is where all the money's going is in the digital space. And cryptocurrency is really where if you look at the big picture of utility, every single place of utility, healthcare, real estate transactions from escrow to title work to how titles held to how mortgages will be done in the future to voting to equities and derivatives and so many other things. It's all going to be digitized and it already is happening right now in the blockchain. So five to 10 year picture, um, the real estate market, the values will go down. So inflation can't hold at, at, you know, at the, 
the values can't keep going up. I, I hear people all the time say, you know, hey, you should, you know, continue to buy massive in real estate because, you know, if inflation is 15% and your mortgage is at 5%, I mean, you have this net margin. That's what it is now, but there's only a few industries that will continue to appreciate at higher degrees. And uh, my case would be it's self-storage and mobile home parks um, specifically because we've done massive studies and over the last 20 years, the two things that grew the absolute most were those two categories. But you've got to be into crypto. You've got to actually realize that in your hometown, there's a trajectory of where the market's going to say for residential houses. And if you don't move in the trajectory of that, then the roads get worse and the retail gets worse. And because all the retail's moving the other direction and and so that's the same thing with like the whole the whole picture of where life is going. It's going digitally. It's so moving I'm going to stop back. you there yeah. because I, I want to touch on the real estate topic before we dive deeper into crypto. Sure. So, yeah. so you mentioned that, you know, real estate can't sustain these high prices and that the negative real rates of having either 7 or 15% inflation, however you calculate it, and then, oh, a 5% interest rate, you're still negative real rates, right? That's the a lot of what real estate investors have been pitching over the last couple of months that I've heard. Right. And now you're, you're saying that, oh, but that can't sustain long-term. And what I've also heard a lot lately is, oh, we're massively underbuilt. Since the, the 2008 recession, when we were flooded with inventory, they discouraged builders to continue building. There was no real reason to because there were so many houses on the market. And things were so cheap. So population continued to grow, but we pretty much stopped building. Now we're millions of houses behind and affordable housing is such a common topic and a hot trend right now that is something that everyone's talking about affordable housing. So in, in an environment like that over the next five or 10 years, you see a scenario where the prices of real estate would decline or not continue to grow. Yeah, that's a great question. So what most people do, they find a sniper perspective and anyone can hold a sniper perspective, one single framework, and it sounds good. But we've got to look at it holistically over the course of time, understanding what real inflation is. Then we've got to realize what the real job market is. And as a business the wages can't keep going up because there's not velocity of money. So if everyone was already, so if we didn't just have all this COVID stuff happening, velocity was way more. Everyone had more money as a, as a human person. Um, prices were lower because things weren't getting stuck in say shipping yards and manufacturing in China and so forth. Lumber wasn't three times as expensive. So we could buy more with less money, which then creates more money and the velocity gets moving way faster. Well, that's not where we are right now. So we just sold an apartment complex, for example. We have no more apartments for the fact that we sold that apartment at a price that we couldn't cash flow. They bought it for a price that was 30% more than what we were in it at, 30%. And I'm positive they couldn't cash flow because we weren't cash flowing. And yet 
they're going to, I looked at their business plan and their whole plan was to raise rents another 40% over the next two years. Well, we already tapped them out. I mean, we already had raised rents um, 30% and I knew what all of their balance sheets looked like. I knew how much salary they were making. I knew how much money was coming in. We're providing the best service possible for the maximum amount we could get out of those units. So everyone goes in with a framework. But the reality is, is the, 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 the prices can only go up if the person renting it can pay for it. But the person renting it, everything's going up in their entire life. So the idea is like, who's going to get those dollars? And, you know, case in point, you know, we are not doing construction. We just finished a large construction deal, uh, a $15 million construction deal. And in that construction deal, the budgets were set before COVID. And so, you know, we were a million and a half over budget just based on the construction costs. So there's so many variables that one couldn't, it's just not practical. To, and, and, and we're just on the very early stage of inflation. Like you can't unwind this stuff. This so, inflation explosion. Yeah. And no one understands how big and how bad it's going to be. Like, like we are so conditioned by the money printing that the reality is not here. It's wild what's happening on the unseen. And this is like you wake up the next morning and there's weeds all in your yard. You're like, what happened? Well, it rained and like the seeds were already there. Like they you just couldn't see them. And so there's so many cracks in the in the market that once it starts pulling apart, it'll hurt so many different um, people in so many different ways. Um, they'll be wiped out if they're not set up in a proper stance. So the idea is going into a market that is, you're going to buy on the appreciation. You're expecting the appreciation. You're, you're expecting that because you have a low mortgage and inflation is going to keep making your real estate go up. That's a bad idea. If that's the mindset you're buying on. You've got to be buying at a discount or you've got to be in a market like, again, self-storage and it's not all self-storage isn't even equal this is what people don't understand we can buy so well in self-storage because we have economy of scale so we're in you know our management teams in over 30 states so we can we can collapse tons of expenses where others couldn't we you know have a property in marietta that we purchased this year and purchased it for 33 million our management team was able to collapse expenses when 16 other groups were fighting for it couldn't because they were having to put in all their management stack and all their expenses. So this is a world and investments that no one's ever seen before. I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been investing. It doesn't matter how many I've rode the ups and the downs and man, (laughs) it means nothing. No, no, no earthly wisdom is going to get anyone through an investment crisis right now. So you've got to, here's the, here's the quote that I would say unconventional circumstances beckon you to have unconventional strategies for your investments. Unconventional circumstances beckon you to have unconventional strategies for your investments. And so, so what do you mean by that? Yeah. So it's like, 
you have to remove all your rules and beliefs of what made you feel safe and sound and what you thought, like the idea of um, staying for the long call, whether the, you can weather the storm, the market is going to come back, all those kind of stock market ideas or in real estate, the, our new fresh ideas of, hey, well, if it's 15% inflation and you know mortgage rates are at 5%, then look, no matter what you do, you're going to win because you have a margin of, of of interest that you're making off of your appreciation. Like, this sounds good. That's a one framework. But what happens when the actual people who have salaries that are all in your rentals are like, yeah, I can't pay that $2,000 anymore. I can't pay for this gas. So the inflation rate Think about it like inflation is eating. If your client is a renter, inflation is eating away at their monies that they're going to pay you with. So how many years can they take out 15% out of their salary? Most people live month to month on the paycheck. So next year, I can tell you, it's going to be hard pressed that it's not above 15%. And it doesn't mean real estate's going to, in three years, is going to go up another 45%. I mean, you you know, the mortgages can't sustain that people can't. So big picture is this is, is, is you've got to walk in wisdom. That's not earthly. So I I simply would say, lean not on your own understanding and in every way, acknowledge that there's a higher power that you're going to have to start leaning on for your direction. And that's how I've ran my, that's how I've ran my investment for my whole life is like, we have so many optics and metrics. I told you I'm like, a, like I'm numbers driven. And so we have like all these things that have to get hit. And I could get all the check marks hit. But if I get this feeling from the Lord that's like not, not of peace to move forward, man, I don't move forward. And then guess what happens? Sometimes in the due diligence, we'll have found out that the numbers were all wrong and it would have been a terrible deal. Sometimes, however, all the optics and metrics might not all get met. It's like, eh, I mean, it's kind it's it might work for someone, but or it doesn't really work. And then, but I get this massive piece, like move forward on this deal. So I didn't lean on my own understanding. And then we find out that there were these like treasure chests of verticals and new money opportunities in that deal that they just totally overlooked. And it turned the deal to be one of our best deals ever. So I know it's a, it's not the like red pill answer, but I, I would be way more um, cautious in moving into something where you didn't have economy of scale. So economy of scale would be like where we have managers that manage multiple properties themselves. And then we have um, teams that go through and go inspect all the units. And so we have we're able to have less expenses out of the gate. So if you don't have a way to have less expenses out of the gate, you got to start processing what's the worst case scenario and how do I actually put myself in a position to still be profitable? Keith Cunningham is one of my mentors. Um, Keith Cunningham says, no, you got to ask the questions. What's the upside? What's the downside? And then can you live with the downside? What's the upside? What's the downside? And can you live with the downside? So in all the investments we do, and and I think it's a very sound wisdom is like the upside's great, but what's the downside? And we, the downside's written all over the walls 
from inflation to so many variables that used to be constants and know, know your downside and whatever you're doing. And um, so tying back to self-storage mobile home parks, what we're so clear on is that in a hedge fund, we have two verticals that are the most appreciating verticals historically for the last 20 years. They're the least expensive um, and, and actual maintenance expense verticals. And there are two verticals that have the, um, the strongest occupancy historically in down times. So in COVID, we we're at 93% occupancy in self-storage. And we only go into emerging markets. So the market has to have massive traffic. And I mean, people pay for storage, pay, you know, a hundred bucks for storage for something that might bless their heart. It, it might not even be worth a hundred bucks, but it's the emotional value that they have for that thing versus the person going, you know, going into an apartment complex that I can't control, you know, 3000 different people's salaries that are coming and going. So that's the, the long answer of realizing that you're always going to hear lots of opportunistic ideas for um, doing th- something as the solopreneur, but um, you got to have economy of scale. The big thing moving forward is going to be economy of scale. And that's what it always is in a down market. I mean, that's why things merge. Someone actually buys someone else out. There's massive mergers or acquisitions. And um, the sad thing is, is the small guys typically get hurt in the down markets. And that's what you're going to see, you know, moving forward for those who, who aren't wise in their investments. Sure. Yeah. I, I think your analysis is interesting. I have some thoughts, but I want to move on to crypto and and talk about what you're doing in the crypto space, which you mentioned having an active index. So what do you mean by that? And what kind of returns are your investors seeing? So uh, big picture, an active index would be like a, a mutual fund in, in a sense, um, but ran hands-on where we can still have way more uh, movement of what we're doing in the actual market. As an active index, it's like a portfolio, a proprietary portfolio, where we have some long-term holding, and then we're swing trading coins that where we see the narrative going. So we have the luxury of looking at the blockchain and looking like behind the curtain, if you will, and seeing, okay, I see founders, I see the utility, I see this is going to help healthcare, I see all the ways this is going to help healthcare, I can see where it's going, and then we can see another coin, okay, there's no adoption, this coin has massive adoption, this coin doesn't, this coin has tons of money moving on the blockchain, this coin doesn't, so we would then swing trade, and uh, as far as returns, our management team has been able to produce three-digit returns over the last two years, um, we started in 2020 and 2020 had 312% net to our investors. And then in 2021 had 166% net to our investors. So have no crystal ball, but our goal in the crypto fund is to outpace Bitcoin. And we were able to do that the last two years and expect to be able to do that moving forward as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's definitely very interesting. So with the, an investor, they can 
become a part of the crypto hedge funds. And with that, then their money is lumped in with this larger sum and then you're swing trading it and, you know, winning much higher returns than they could get on their own. Same concept, but even same concept as like, you know, a mutual fund or something like that traditionally, except now that inflation has exploded, the necessary return to your point earlier needs to be much higher in order to make that make sense. So it is pushing so much money into cryptocurrency and other types of aggressive investments because you just, you can't let your money be eaten away by inflation. So yeah, definitely an interesting um, topic to, to talk about today and to, you know, have a resource to then reach out to you and learn more about. So is there a question that I should have asked you or is there anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? I appreciate you asking that. I think one thing that's really important is that most people, cryptocurrency is kind of an abstract thing. And so I'd like to kind of like just bring it down to like a third grade level so we can understand why it's so important for and why whether someone invests there or not, you're going to your whole entire future is going to be actively used and executed and implemented in cryptocurrency. Um, you just might not even fully understand it in the future. But um, big picture is this. I've got my phone right here. I've got an iPhone. And so if those who are on the podcast side, just listen in and understand the application. So I've got an iPhone. And the iPhone is software. Bitcoin is software. Somebody might say, um, but it's a phone. You call people on it. And somebody might say for Bitcoin, but it's like a currency. Like there's like eight countries that have already made it legal tender. It's the country's tender. It's the country's legal. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's still software. And the utility is one of the items of utility in the software is it can be a phone. So one of the utilities of Bitcoin is it's a currency. But the iPhone has an app store. And we're going to call that a platform that holds tons of businesses called apps. Well, Bitcoin has a platform called a blockchain, and that platform holds tons of apps. So I go into the iPhone, into the app store, and I could click on an app and use it. And it could be like a performance app. It could be like a a fitness app. It could be a healthcare app. It could be a flashlight. It could be you know, something for business, well, the same goes for the blockchain. So I go into the blockchain and everything's moved digital. And that's what's, that's where the world is going. It's turning, it's like when the, when our communication went from the post office to email and everyone's like, why would I send an email? I can just send a letter and have more certainty. And now the, obviously the adoption is flipped and everyone's like, why would I why would I send in a letter in the mail that's going to take two weeks for them to respond? I can just send them an email real quick. So the adoption is shifting. And again, the blockchain, you don't have to understand everything. You just have to know that all the things that we do regularly in life. So for those who are in real estate, eventually all of the title companies will be obsolete. All of the title company services like escrow and actually checking title and insurance for title will all be done through smart contracts in the blockchain. So, you know, you and I could go and look at a house in the blockchain and see if it has clear title like that. 
and we can put the money in escrow like that. And we could have a transaction peer to peer instantly without, you know, a title company. So same thing goes for voting. I mean, we're in the 21st century and we're still bubbling in little you know, pieces of paper. And the idea is that that doesn't make any sense anymore. It needs to be more accurate. So in the blockchain, mm -hmm. you can vote once, you have to be alive, you have to have citizenship, you have to have you know, a wallet, and then it's accurate. And everyone would know at the same time what the real vote was. So everything in life, there's so many more applications, but um, the big picture is, is you don't have to understand everything. You just have to know that everything you do in life is moving there. And it's taking the dinosaur method, like at the title company, title company, we go to the courthouse to go check the title and we go to the library of all the files to see, you know, pull the file to see if there's, you know, a lien. That's the dinosaur method. And it's going digital in the blockchain where it's completely accurate and it can't be removed. So everything we do is going there and the blockchain, there's certain crypto coins that have a blockchain. Those are the ones who, that will make it all the coins that don't have a blockchain won't be sustainable because the utility, the value is in the blockchain. Got it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So how can listeners contact you? Yeah, the best thing, I would love to actually give your listeners a, um, a free masterclass on crypto. I think this is like the best thing uh, to actually help them with inflation, knowing what, what was happening. So this free masterclass it's going to give this, them the secrets to, to start in crypto and then to build their all-weather portfolio. So to contact me, to get the masterclass, anything, you'll pull out your phone. I want you to text me and text the word INVEST to the phone number 877-771-0615. So again, you'll send me a text message and you'll text the word INVEST to 877-771-0615. And then tell me that you want to do masterclass. I'd love to send it. If you got questions or you want to chat, you want to learn more about how the active index or the self-storage mobile home parks works, I'd love to help. Awesome. Blake Templeton, everyone, doing some very interesting cutting edge things in crypto and real estate. So reach out to him if you're interested in learning more. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, my man. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show, and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.